Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready get thirty, ready get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready get twenty, twenty. Ready get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to another pre-season business edition of On the Continent, your one-stop shop for everything to do with European football. I'm Dotton Adebayo. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm David Cartledge. On this episode, once upon a time, it would have been the transfer of the season. Is Lewandowski to Barca still the business? Also, what's going on with Cristiano Ronaldo? Will he stay at Old Trafford or will he go? And would Harry Kane really swap an English shirt for a German? David Lewandowski, we've been talking about him for weeks now, uh, the possibility of him going to Barcelona. The deal is finally done. What does it mean for Barcelona, first of all, and how has it been seen in Spain? Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly one of the most headline-grabbing deals of the summer. Um, it became quite clear towards the end of the season that Lewandowski wanted out. Barcelona have chased him for quite some time. He's quite like the idea of playing in Spain as well. Um, and this has all taken a bit of time just to get you know the right offer in to buy in what they would accept, and and finally it's been done. And again, it's just part of a summer that a transfer summer that really you feel Barca have been the absolute headline, the absolute centre of everything, um, given their financial situation. So they finally got their man, but I mean it's not without its problems, it's not without its controversy. Um, they obviously are spinning several plates right now to make sure that they can make these signings. Whether they can register them later down the line will be 
another thing. Uh, there's talk. You know, I've never known. I don't think we've ever heard the the word lever so much. But uh, yeah, yeah. So they're apparently going to announce the uh, the second lever Thursday or Friday. It would basically it's basically means it's a full agreement with um, Sixth Street for uh, three hundred thirty million euros. Um, it will take a lot of pressure basically off their um financials there's even talk that they're going to activate a third lever as well which would see them sell their i think it's around 49 percent of bass studios it would just give them a bit more room to maneuver in terms of making further signings uh on a jules kunde who we're going to speak about later in the show is is one of those players being mentioned um and it also allows them to register players that they've already signed like frank cassie uh andreas christensen and Lewandowski himself rafinha players like that um so yeah, uh, it's not going down well outside of Barcelona. Barcelona fans are very excited. They've got some new players, some very, very good new players as well. But, you know, people are up in arms about how they are allowed to do this as every other club around the globe seems to be struggling to, to you know, to, to get players in, to sell players. But Barca are just carrying on um, like they've got a, an unlimited pot of money, basically. And Andy, I suppose uh, Bayern Munich fans may be forgiven for asking um, of all the players whose contracts were are likely to end or were, would end next season. Why? How are Bayern Munich being allowed to let go their iconic uh, striker? It's an interesting description of him, iconic. I, I don't think it's an unfair one at all. But the reaction in Munich that has... Um, in the postscript to Lewandowski's departure is interesting, I think, because um, we had a bit of a, a bit of pushback mail-wise earlier in the um, summer, like going going back probably towards the end of last season, where I described Lewandowski as respected but not loved at Bayern, and it was a similar situation at Dortmund uh, when he was he, he was on the way from from there but I think we've seen from the way that Bayern fans have reacted from the way the media in Munich has reacted it was always going to be the easiest sell to the fans actually to to let Lewandowski go rather than let um, Müller or Neuer go if you, you're talking about that quartet aren't you of, of, of Müller, Neuer, Dotten, um uh, Lewandowski and and Gnabry who are out of contract in in 2023. Now I, I think that there's an overlap between the Gnabry extension and the Lewandowski departure is interesting because we've we've talked about it before how they might end up using especially with Sadio Mane coming in uh, they might end up using Gnabry as a, a centre forward. I, I could see that happening. It's something that I think Nagelsmann would be. Uh, quite um interested in in, in doing it, it doesn't feel like they're going to go out and buy a mega striker a like for like replacement for, for for Lewandowski and there was a lot of toing and froing um with the Gnabry situation particularly given that Kingsley Coman received a big new contract earlier in the calendar year which always meant they were going to have to push the boat out for Gnabry but age-wise it felt like the right thing to do now He's playing for about 25% less money at Barcelona than he was at Bayern. But Lewandowski made it clear that it was important to him in terms of a lifestyle choice for his family, in terms of a sporting challenge for him. The fact that he's getting less money is is important because, of course, he doesn't need the money 
per se to like heat his swimming pool or whatever. But at this level, money implies respect. That's why it's important. But of course, the fact that he would have been getting just an extra year, so two years, so this season coming and the season after, off Bayern on the same money, that's really what upset him. That, that there wasn't really a huge recognition of, of, of what he's done. Whereas Barcelona are offering him something new and fresh and they're going to pay him four years worth of money. And when you think of the tax breaks as well, that, that's, that's something that's, that's, that's pretty good for him. So it, it's the first time really that I've thought, oh yeah, they're going to be paying him till he's 38. And like, he's amazing now. There's no doubt about that. But that's quite a long time to project forward for someone who's already in their mid-30s. So I think this is why, like retrospectively, it makes a lot of sense, I think. Yeah, I think if you look at it with Lewandowski as well, he's been trying to facilitate this move since, what, was it 2018? He hired Pini Zahavi. And Mm. it's been something that he's been flirting with, I think, for quite some time. I think he said before he even moved to Bayern... Uh, from Dortmund, he, I think he said he, he nearly moved to Real Madrid, um, but that transfer fell through for whatever reason. He ended up going to Bayern. But there has been a, a continuous flirtation, I think. And again, it plays into what Andy has mentioned there, that Bayern fans, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be you know, devastated over this. Obviously, you lose that amount of goals. It's a, it's a big, big loss. But I think they're, I think Bayern's moving on. I think they're, they're moving on to, I mean, you look at the signs that they've made as well. Um, the perspectives that they've got with them, signing young players, exciting players that fit, you know, um, their young coaches' uh, mould and style, I think is really important. We'll get on to Matthias De Ligt later on as well. Um, and again, it just goes to show that the direction that Bayern are going in and then Barca are going in another one, short term. Bayern are looking a bit more long term. Strikers are moving, though, across Europe. Um, One striker that we've been talking about for quite some time, I know you're a big fan of his, Andy, uh, Paolo Dybala, moving uh, now to Roma. Uh, A sign of the time, do you reckon? Uh, Yeah, I think it is really, Dotton, because you looked at him at the the start of the summer. You think he's going to have his his pick of, of, of wherever. But the fact that he starts with one club expectation and one wage expectation. And the two of those are gradually diminished. I think that's quite interesting. I think we've seen this summer, not just Dybala, um, Andrea Bellotti, who's still free um, as, 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 as we record this, and I suspect he still will be by the time you listen to it. Um, Paul Pogba didn't have a ton of offers out there either and has, has, has had to take a, a, a small wage cut as well. I think it's really interesting. You're looking at these players who are superstars. I know people will wonder about Belotti, but, you know, he had a 100 million euro release clause in his contract. And, you know, that's the sort of money that people were talking about him for a long time. Consistent goal scorer, part of Italy at Euro 2020, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think this feels like the first big post-pandemic transfer window, really, where you've got free agents who would be snapped up in February normally and here they are technically unemployed if we like because their previous contracts have run out on on June 30th and and they're still negotiating something now you know I don't think they're going to be like we're saying with Lewandowski struggling for bills in 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 the meantime that's that's pretty clear but it is unprecedented in the context of 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 previous transfer windows 
Now, I guess the thing that really changed things for Dybala, who was always keen to stay in Italy, is the Romelu Lukaku deal. Because once Inter got him back on board, they did think about combining the three, Dybala, Lautaro and Lukaku. But I, I guess they wondered, should they? And that they have to look at their wage bill the same as everyone else in Italy. You know, a lot of Italian clubs are, are making cuts. And really, this has given Roma the opportunity to seize. I think football-wise, he's, he's the best fit at Roma. I think him and Tammy Abraham will be a terrific front two and much better than um, Abraham and Zaniolo. Whether Zaniolo will stay, he's, he's looked pretty good pre-season and it seems there's more will than we suspected to extend on, on both sides. Again, which is perhaps affected by teams really not wanting to go the full way for him, um, wage and, and, and fee-wise, which is partly to do with fitness, uh, even more so than Dybala, and uh, partly to do with um, restricted wage, wage budgets, and I think we can see wages coming down. Um, but I think by default, Dybala might have ended up making the right choice, because football-wise, David, I don't know about you, it feels like it fits to me. No, I think so. I think Roma had two glaring issues last season um one of those was i think in the double pivot in their holding midfield um i thought they were very slow very loose it cost them quite a lot in games were against the little more quicker teams um so that was one problem they had another one and dabala should be the solution to this um i thought they were really poor at creating from open play as well outside of set pieces outside of their ball situations they i thought they were very limited i think he adds a bit of innovation a bit of ingenuity there um you know it might be a game is dragging nil nil 80 90 minutes there you're hitting inter injury time and he's the sort of person who can produce that moment of magic that that through ball that passed and gets tammy abraham running on that gets pellegrini or zaniolo if he stays running on um and wins them a game so i think it's a really really good sign from that point of view um and yeah, I do think it's a better sign um, than, you know, I think it's a better move for Dybala as well than Inter would have been. I mean, the Inter thing did look quite nice on paper. It has to be said, you know, the idea of Dybala and Lukaku and Lataro all together. I mean, don't get me wrong, that sounds really exciting. But look, we, we all know the financial conditions that every club is in right now. I'm reading a report saying Dybala was told by Inter just to wait a few more days, but... I don't think these players want to hang out. They hang about. They they want to know that where their future is going to be. They want to plan for the next season. He doesn't want to wait around for Inter to sell Skriniar to to PSG. He doesn't want to wait around for another deal to go through for him to to move. So I get that. And and clearly Mourinho's had a word as well. And it's it's going to be really interesting to see. It's always interesting to see how Mourinho works with a player who's extremely creative and free spirited like Dybala. Mm. Yeah, I, th- speaking of that, I was very keen on the cover to Il Romanista. And they, they do know how to do a very good cover. But, of course, we had that picture of uh, Mourinho showing his triple European trophies tattoo with his sleeve rolled up. And they'd photoshopped a tattoo of Dybala doing his, his goal celebration onto his arm. I absolutely loved that. That's fantastic. i tell you what, I don't know about you two, but the thing that I can see coming through here, or the surprise perhaps, is as much as you say it's a post-pandemic transfer window, Andy, I wonder to what extent this says something about the power of the Premier League. And we'll come on to the Premier League uh, very Mm. shortly in this episode of OTC. But both of these players, I mean, in terms of Dybala, uh, 
Gnabry that we mentioned earlier on. Now, you could argue Lewandowski and everything. They had interest, didn't they, from Premier League sides. Uh, Gnabry, I was thinking of in particular, and Dybala had interest from Arsenal, your Chelsea's, your Man United's. And <clears throat> despite what you say about Dybala... He snubbed the Premier League teams. I know you said he wanted to stay in Italy, but if he was desperate for his own future, wanted to secure that, why on earth didn't he take one of the other offers? I don't think the offers really were there. I think that there's been keenness from the Premier League in the past. Of course, he nearly ended up going to Tottenham. He's quite interested, interesting to Manchester United. I, th- I think there are big doubts about his, his, his fitness and I think particularly about his durability in a Premier League context. That's something that's that's really affected the market for him. Now, of course, he can go out there and prove everyone wrong. I, th- I think it's interesting, the reports that um, in, in his Roma contract, um, which with various bonuses etc it's almost structured like a turkish super league contract it, it, it sounds it's very um performance related bonus heavy um which is is, is something that's a, a device per you get paid per appearance per goal etc um if you won the biggest players in the turkish super league so they don't end up paying through the nose for you if if you're injured um the other thing that's interesting in the dibala contract that's been reported is uh 20 million release clause at the back end of next season. So there's a get out if Roma don't qualify for the Champions League again, which I think really, really matters to him. So, yeah, this deal, like we were saying, it's, it's almost like um, it's, 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 it's kind of like marriage of convenience, really. It, it feels as if they're the best option out there for each other for the moment. And they're just going to see how it goes. What about Hugo Ekitike, who is going to PSG on loan uh, from Ream? I, I can understand why he took that. But again, he had interest uh, from Premier League clubs. He's ended up at uh, PSG. They've got an option to buy him next season. But it does seem as if the, the, this has been an arrangement of convenience, at the very least, for both parties. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's it's the... Kylian Mbappe recipe, isn't it? Because it's easy to forget that he was loaned to PSG for a year before Monaco bought him. Uh, PSG bought him outright off off, off Monaco. Um, I, I think the structure of the deal is is quite important because I think we can look at it and say PSG are doing things more sensibly. They bought a player they really needed in Vitinha rather than necessarily an A-grade superstar and Ekatike's part of that as, as, as well. Um but I think as as well, it, it underlines the sort of financial pressures that, that they're under. Um, they got this loan over the line by offering a, a bigger fee at the end of it if they make it um, a permanent deal. And we do expect them to, to, to make it a, a permanent deal. Um, I think it's easy to forget when we say that PSG have been really sensible this summer. They've had to negotiate with Porto. Even they're playing, paying the buyout clause for Vitinha that they pay half this year, half next year. That's fine. We know they're not going to go out of business or whatever. But it is like when they signed Neymar and Mbappe in the same summer. They've got to find some sort of financial balance. And they've really had to push the boat out to keep Mbappe. You know, I think people say, oh, well, they haven't spent much this summer. Hello, 
<laughs> re-signed the best striker in the world, arguably the best player in the world, on mega money. So they've got to be careful. They can't go out there and go nuts. Whereas Ekatiko is interesting because, of course, Newcastle got there first. They offered a lot of money, um, albeit, again, in various stages with bonuses and all the rest of it. Now, he never seemed sold on it. A, because I think he looked at it in January and thought, well, am I going to be playing for a top-flight team next season? Because they were in real trouble then. B, because they sold it to him on, you're going to be the future. So he's thinking, how much am I going to play? Because I want to play now. Because he's a player who can influence big games. We've seen him score away winners at Marseille, at Lyon. Big goals in big games. Um, And he is that kind of player. Um, And then I think the other part of it is once it gets to this summer, once he knows there's interest from PSG, from Bayern, from Dortmund, the Newcastle millions start to mean less because those are big names that would fire the imagination of someone who's ambitious and who's just turned 20. Now, he's quite an atypical profile of striker. You look at the size of him. I think he can get better in the air. He's already decent at holding the ball up, but he can run the channels as well. He's quick. He gets himself into very central positions to to score goals, and he will provide them with something a little bit different. You can see them him dovetailing quite nicely with Mbappe, but I think the Premier League would have been an obvious spot for for him for those reasons. But it's, it's very, very hard to, to say no to, to, to PSG, especially when they've got a vision for, for how they're going to play him. And a sporting director or a de facto sporting director in Luis Campos, who's got a great reputation for developing young players. Sané with the shot. It's going to fall for Lewandowski! Yes! And finally he does it! Yeah. The record they said would never be broken is now his I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. It's not just the strikers are on the move across uh, Europe now, David. It's uh, the centre-backs uh, as well. I think... The whole movement of centre-backs, which we can discuss now across Europe, has been predicated by one centre-back, Antonio Rudiger, leaving uh, Chelsea to go to Spain. And then it triggered off lots of others along the way. Uh, what, what do you say about that theory? Yeah, that's an interesting one, certainly. And, you know, just look at how much money that it's going to cost Chelsea to essentially replace him. Um, you know, I think Andreas Christensen was somebody who was always on the fringes there, but Rudiger was very much, you know, the one of the beaten hearts of that team. But, you know, you know they've already got Koulibaly in. They're probably going to spend between 50, 60 million on another defender, either Kimpembe or Koundé. Um, so it will be interesting to see how Chelsea react to that. But in terms of, I think, Matthias De Ligt and and Bayern, I think, you know, again, we touched on it earlier, um, just about how they're much, you know, how much they are looking to the future now. Um, they want a good young core in that team. Um, they see the Ligt as eventually their long-term successor for David Alaba, who hasn't been replaced, you know, I think properly. Um, I think they want, I think the Ligt, you know, when he is confident, when he's on his game, very vocal, a, a leader. Um, and I think, it's somebody that Bayern want to really, really help lead that team and create a new spine. I think um, Sally Medic has been somebody who, you know, he's been interested in him for, for quite some time. It's interesting. I read this week that they've been in contact since about 2019. So he's been constantly keeping tabs on him. And, and, and again, it just falls into this new Bayern philosophy and the, the moves that they're making between Sally Medic and, and Oli Khan. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I think it's a really, really good. Again, it's just another great fit, I think, for Nagelsmann's uh, style of play. Now, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, David? Because at the back end of last season, Nagelsmann was quite clear that he wanted to spend on the defence. That That's where we really wanted to reinforce. And they've, they've backed him to the absolute hilt here. There's no doubt about it. Now, I think what's interesting to me is when you get these little um, showreels on social media when a player signs and goes, oh, they've signed this player and this is the sort of defensive chops they're going to be getting. All the highlights of De Ligt have been from Ajax, which I find really, really interesting. Now, obviously, Juventus were trying to play hardball and make Bayern go up to the claws um, of 120 million euros. They got him for a third less in the end, which I think is, is, is quite significant and quite indicative of the market we're in. Nevertheless, Bayern have spent... Um, over 40 million euros for the f second time ever. So the, the, the two players they've spent, well, twice that amount on, Luca Hernandez and now Mates de Ligt. So they're looking to reinforce that defence. They're not scrimping on that at all. But de Ligt does come with a big price tag. Why do you think it didn't really totally click for him at Juventus? Because everyone thought it would be the perfect finishing school next to Bonucci, next to Chiellini. Did trying to fit in between those two kind of stunt his growth? What do you think? 
I think that's exactly what it is. I think he stayed within his shell. I don't. I felt he was probably almost a little bit intimidated about how things work work there. The hierarchy there. It's such an old school, you know, partnership. There's a lot of history there. Juventus very traditional, I think, in a lot of their ways. Um, I think it was the wrong move for him. I think you know it probably looked like oh he's going to be the eventual successor. He can learn alongside them, but I think somebody like Delict, his character, his persona on the field, probably needed to go into a team straight away to lead them. Uh, funnily enough, he was linked with mm. Barcelona very heavily. Him and both him and Frankie were both linked, and you know there was lots of talk about a double move. And you almost feel that he could have gone there and actually slotted in straight alongside. Gerard Piquet, and that's would have been that would have been a better learning curve. Actually playing, actually being a key part of the defense straight away. Whereas Juve, I don't think he really has, and I think that's hit him hard a little bit. I don't know, it's an ego thing, um, but it certainly impacted his confidence, his own belief. I think he's, I think clearly buying a rolling out the welcome wagon for him. They're paying this money for him. I think you know, like I said, Sally Midgic has been in contact with him for a number of years, so he'll probably feel wanted. It'll feel loved. I think he'll go in there. Um, I'll be honest, I have some major, major doubts about Open Meccano. I don't think he's as talented as some people say there he is. When when this this new group of French centre backs are coming through, I always really had Koundé um and Saliba um above Open Meccano, um, if I'm honest with you. I always thought that they had a bit more about them. Um a bit smoother, a bit more versatility about their game. Um and yeah, I th- yeah, it's it. I think Delict's going to work out well at, at Bayern, though, um, and and become the the leader of that defense, and and eventually, I think, of the team. It's always fascinating when one of these deals stalls. <clears throat> that seems to be the case with the deal of Milan Skriniar going from Inter to PSG. At least PSG aren't willing to meet any sort of uh, levels of financial compensation that uh, Inter are asking for. But there there will be a knock-on effect as well, won't there, Andy? If if Scrinia goes uh, to PSG, then who replaces him for Inter, for example? A- and also, um, where does PSG's Abdou Diallo go then, arguably, is part of this equation? Yeah, that, that that's right. Um, Diallo's an interesting one because he's been... Sir Alex Ferguson style anointed for the succession, anointed for his own succession by Koulibaly uh, at, at Napoli. Uh, whether he actually ends up there in the end, um, th- the way that Napoli have run this transfer window has been absolutely chaotic. I mean, we saw um, at the weekend at their training camp, Luciano Spalletti getting up to give the fans a, a little bit of chat and thanks for coming and ending up getting heckled. It was a bit like when. Kevin Keegan was on the steps of St. James's Park after they sold Andy Cole, and all of a sudden he was fighting this massive rearguard action. Someone was heckling Spalletti, and he actually told them to shut up. It was amazing. But the thing was that Spalletti was up there going, well, obviously we've uh, lost um, you know, some important characters this summer, Ospina, Koulibaly, Mertens. And the fans are in the crowd going, okay, so Mertens is not re-signing then because the president hasn't said this so far. So I I think this really affects the confidence of of, of incoming players. And I I think, especially when a player's leaving PSG, there's the financial aspect as well. You really need to be paid to leave. You know, there's no doubt about that because you're on wages that you're not going to get anywhere else. Going back to Inter, it's interesting because 
as you were saying, Dotton, everyone's in a chain, really. And that's why we see one domino go and, and then a, a load fall. Um, it felt like Inter had excellent backup in that they would be signing Bremer, who was one of the best defenders, if not the best central defender in Serie A last season. He was brilliant, Brazilian, um, from uh, Torino. The problem is they feel they can only go to a certain level. Juventus can now outbid them because they've got the delicht money. So maybe they get in there. So really, it's going to come down to the player to say, which project do I believe in the most? And I don't think anyone would really blame him, well, apart from Inter fans, obviously, for going to Juventus for more money. Let's talk about the transfers now that will perhaps affect the Premier League, the transfers from Europe, um, and perhaps from the Premier League to Europe as well. You already mentioned earlier on, David, about Prisnel Kimpembe um, going to Chelsea is what the rumours are suggesting. Sam on Twitter uh, wants to know whether you can confirm that or not. Yeah, he's definitely one they're thinking of. Um, you know, Chelsea's definitely thinking of him and it's either going to be him or Jules Koundé, who we've just been discussing before. Um, with Koundé, there's very much a long-term vested interest um, in him. They've had bids rejected before. Um, the ownership situation at Chelsea changed a lot of things. I think, I think Koundé expected this move to happened long, long before now. He's thinking, why am I still at Sevilla right now? Um, he thought it would have been sorted before. He thought he would have been a Chelsea player. Um, I think especially once it became clear that Rudiger was going. Um, Chelsea have kind of been a bit slow for that reason because of the ownership change and also the unwillingness to hit the release clause that Sevilla want. Um, Sevilla have been hoping to get a bidding war going because they knew that Barcelona were interested. They knew that other teams were looking at Koundé. Um, and... At the moment, Barcelona sent Akunde wait for us and until we get that money through and, and, and we'll <laughs> we'll come in for you. So Chelsea's got to be wary of that as well. That there's you know that Barcelona are gonna be uh, around about and it would mean that Kunde doesn't have to uproot himself very far right now from Sevilla to Barcelona. Um so that's gonna be an interesting one to see. And I think he, I think he's an outstanding defender. I really, really do. I think he's far superior to Presnel Kimbender as well. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um I would also Question before we go back to Kunde, David, why PSG want to sell Kimpembe? I, I mean, I know he's had his moments. Um, he's not been relentlessly consistent. Uh, I, th- I think it's is 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 fair to say. Uh, on his on his day, I think he's, he's he's great. I also think there's so much value to him as an ideological totem. If if you think of the fact that they're trying to build this new um, Parisian player focused product behind Mbappe they're trying to convince young players that you can come through the academy uh, Camp de Loge and succeed I, I think t- t- to me optically it feels like a bad moment to sell Kimpembe for that reason because he's one of those rare Parisian players who's come in and succeeded for a club that wins stuff and competes at Champions League level every single year and for them to squeeze him out and again optically for Sergio Ramos I think that looks horrible I I, I think it's a really really terrible look especially when you've had at the start of the summer Xavi Simons 
think, well, actually, I could have signed for you. I could have signed for PSG again. I could have re-signed and then got loaned to PS3. But you know what? I'll just go straight to PS3 because I don't really need to involve all of that. When you've got Edouard Michu, who, uh, the midfield player who Pochettino wanted to give chances to at the end of last season, he got that red card against Angers, so he was, he was unable to do that in the, in, in the end, saying, you know what? I, I, I think I'll go and play for Celtic. Maybe I'll go and take the, the Jota route because there I can play and inflate my reputation. All these young players that come through the system saying, you know what, I don't, I don't see myself there. How does that change? You need those totems to, to make that happen. I just always feel that they're in this position where they are caught between two ideologies of whether to go to that Parisian route or whether to go to the win-now route. So, I mean, you look mm. at the exchange of players. Say they sold Kimpembe, they would probably bring Skurinay in. More of a, you know, mature... Um, experienced player um, somebody they feel um, you know again who might not have those flaws those errors that, that can cost them in, in particularly big games um, but then they'll go and sign a young player like Ekatite what we've just been discussing as well so it's an interesting one they're they're part one way they're part another and then I think until they get that completely clear they won't have that success what they really really want in the Champions League and it's a big it's, it's the number one remit clearly for, for Luis Campos I realise, like, from a sheerly technical standpoint, you could say Kimpembe is, is, is not a, a faultless cent- central defender. I agree with that. But he is quality. I think he's good enough for, like, 90% of, of, of PSG's games. And to have him there as someone who tells you, you can come through, you can make it, I think that's really important. I do think he'd be pretty good for, for Chelsea as well. Although, as you were saying, David, the thing about Kunde is you do have that adaptability. But as as far as where Sevilla are, until they get this deal out of the blocks, it's a total pain in the ass for them, really, isn't it? That, that they need to get yeah. this guy sold because otherwise they can't sign anyone because they've been heavily linked with Esco, for example. Yeah, another domino. Um, I mean, they sold Diego Carlos very early on to Aston Villa. That that deal came out of nowhere. I think Villa was a big surprise for a lot of people. They replaced him with Marcao, who you'll know well from Fenerbahce as well. So they got one deal over the line. I think they, you know, they got yes, Galatasaray. Sorry, um, and they, you know, they got him for ten million, which is which is quite a decent price, you know. Um, so that was a, a good typical Sevilla deal, I thought. But yeah, again, it's like we're talking about these dominoes and these chains. They need Kounde to go to activate the rest of their summer. Um, and again, it feels like it's a, dig- a deal that should have happened a long, long time ago. I think Kounde feels that he's probably been there, over, over, overstayed his welcome, and a year and a half maybe. Um, he still played very, very well, of course. He's been very professional about everything, of course. Um, I think he'll do really, really well at Chelsea if he does go, which look, I think it looks likely, especially you know, if, if Barcelona don't get their act together with things. Yeah, it does feel as if you're in a chain when you're trying to buy a house and, you know, somebody stalls the chain and you're just stuck there till somebody moves. I'm not I'm not accusing, you know, Barcelona of being the sticking point at all, but <laughs> as we've already indicated, well, as we've already <laughs> indicated, there are many players at Barcelona. They're, they're doing a lot of the movement now and I wonder which players they're going to have to let go to make ends meet. Memphis Depay. For example, there is there is uh, you know people will know him from his uh, spell at Man United, but there's a suggestion, David, that he might even be returning to the Premier League. 
there's there's talk of it. I think there's talk of a number of players, you know, potentially leaving Barcelona. Memphis is one of them. Um, but look, <laughs> Memphis isn't going to go anywhere until it's a, you know the, the line is unless it's a significant club that comes in for him. I don't know who that significant club would be in the Premier League or anywhere in Europe, quite frankly. And also, apparently, Xavi is planning for you know for Memphis to be around as well. You know, um, I don't think he really put a foot wrong at Barcelona. He wasn't incredible. He wasn't terrible. He was just somewhere in between. I think he was, you know, he fit a purpose for where they they were last season, and probably is where they are right now as well. So, I'd be really, really surprised um, if he left. I think it's going to be on. It's definitely going to be on others. I think to to leave first. Um, Umtiti, Mingueza, Ricky Puig, Martin Brathwaite. Um, they were all omitted from the USA squad. Um, that the USA tour squad of Barcelona have. So, yeah, I think he'll stay. I think that's the thing, though. I. Theologically, Xavi's got a very clear idea of what he wants to do. But he's also a little bit like, I remember when my kids were younger and you'd say, you've got too many toys, you need to clear some out. You know, maybe some other people would benefit from these toys more than you. You don't play with that anymore. And they go, no, 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 no. I need all of these. I need all of these. No, and he's a little bit like I, that. I get that. My, my mi- I get that. My missus says about my snake collection now. It's 36. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my missus says it about the number of motorcycles I have. I need all of them. It's because they're not working. <laughs> you need them all. <laughs> um, what about Cristiano Ronaldo? There seems to be a lot of conversation around him, whether Manchester United have secured him for another season, whether they want him for another season and where he could possibly go to. Could he end up back in Spain, for example? Um, what do you know? What can you tell us? Yeah, it's it's being pushed. You know, I think, you know, Cristiano's people, Mendes, uh, pushing his name around different you know, big clubs in Europe right now. Chelsea were one, Bayern Munich were another. Both said no uh, for varying reasons. And now it seems to have fallen upon the door of Atleti, um, the unlikely place of Atleti. Um, considering all the history that Cristiano has with Atleti, you know, there's, I think there's lots of Morbo there. I think, hypothetically speaking, say Cristiano were signed for Atleti, I think there would be serious, serious fan protests. Um, there'd be there's already a bit of discontent bubbling under the surface at Letty anywhere um, against their owners, the amount of money that's been invested in the squad. I think if they were to get Cristiano in, I'd say probably their number one enemy for for quite some time while he was in Spain. I'd say he was a bigger enemy to Atleti than he was to Barcelona when he was in Spain, and I just think this one would go down terribly. Um, I think there's a bit of they're trying to convince Simeone, you know, and say, look, he's a winner. He's a guy who wants to win at all costs. All costs. He's just like you. So I think they're trying to sell him on that. But I just, ugh, this one's a bit too far-fetched for me. I, I can't see it happening. And also, Atleti, again, would have to sell players as well. And I don't think that's going to happen as well. It would probably mean moving on maybe Correa and Cunha, Carrasco, you know. it, it Yeah, it's it's one I can't see happening. It's, it's too wild for me, I think. Could you see uh, Andy, Harry Kane going to Bayern Munich. Could you see that? Not this summer. But what I think is very interesting is Oliver Kahn. And we've always got to take, I think, um, presidents and sporting directors and CEOs' public statements with a pinch of salt. It's always important to do that because it's really important to be seen to be doing something. And I, I think especially 
given the departure of Lewandowski, which you know it doesn't have the emotional connection of as we were saying uh, a Muller if he were to have left or going backwards even Schweinsteiger when they knew he was like physically done it really hurt to to, to let him go because he felt like a, a Bayern guy so th- there's not the same emotional connection with Lewandowski but as you were saying earlier Dotton it's a lot of goals it's a lot of goals to lose so it does feel as if you know they need to be at least medium term looking about what they they're going to do about that now the fact that they've briefed and Oliver Kahn has now publicly acknowledged that Harry Kane is a player of interest to them I think is interesting I do wonder if it's mutually suitable for Kane for his potential market for his potential contract extension with Spurs because of course now he's finally got to the point where he's got two years left, and they've got to they've got to do something. Either way, um, I don't think Bayern realistically think they can get him this summer, um, but they would be interested in him going forward. Whether that interest would be reciprocated, I think, is a, a different question. But if you're taking the us looking at it in a emotional, he's Tottenham's. Premier League kind of way it does fit the profile of what Bayern would do because uh, and especially the way they're going you look at the Sadio Mane signing as 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 well the fact that you look at someone who's reaching the end of their 20s or in their early 30s contracts running out proven massive wages would swing the deal and that's where Bayern have gone before we t- we talked about De Ligt and um Lucas Hernandez being outliers really in terms of their fee Bayern have always gone about it in a big wages kind of way you know you think Lewandowski signed for free Sadio Mane didn't sign for for for, for that much um you know how much Tottenham could sell him for even even if it got to a point say Kane gets to a point where there's one year left on his contract they wouldn't get away with selling him for a, a, a Sadio Mane price. And as we were saying, so much of the market is is optics. And of course, th- there's there's the question of would, would Kane be interested, which is something we don't have an answer to yet. But like I said, not for this summer. If he's not signed again next summer, I'm really interested to see what happens. As always, we welcome all your mail um, online or otherwise. Uh, you can get hold of us at Football Ramble, at Dotton Adebayo, at Andy Brassel, and at David Jacker on social media. This from uh, Alex, and it's for you, Andy. It would be interesting to hear your take on Forest, as in Nottingham Forest, going heavy on. Bundesliga talent, Musa Niakate, Taiwa Awoniyi, Omar Richards, and now possibly Asta Vranks, largely due to ex-Stuttgart analyst George Sirianos. How do you think they'll adapt to the Premier League? Uh, well, I think, um, as we said on here before, I think Awoniyi is a great pickup, um, a player who I think was probably good enough for the Premier League in the first place, but he couldn't get the work permit when he, he, he was at Liverpool, so he got parked in in Germany. Last couple of seasons for Union, he's been brilliant. Um, he, he flourished in the second half of last season, scored the goals that got them in the Europa League, despite losing 
like anyone's dream strike partner in in Max Cruiser because he's such a good provider. And now when he continued to score after that, so I think that showed that um, he, he could flourish in a number of situations. Um, I, I think he's, he's a really smart player and he'll do great. Niakate is not one of the celebrated French centre-backs that um, David was talking about, but he's, he's incredibly consistent and very solid. I think you look elsewhere, especially with uh, Omar Richards. Um, of course, they've signed Nico Williams on the other side. They needed to fill in the gaps. They'd, they'd lost a, a, a wing-back, of course, with Jed Spence moving on, etc., etc. So it feels like th- they've, they've got a plan. It feels like they're all players who should adapt pretty quickly given their individual strengths. I, I think Forrest have gone about this window pretty well and they, they seem to have got decent value for their money. Shocking and embarrassing, but I think I'll have to accept that you pronounced Awonyi correctly, whereas my anglicised version of Awonyi just doesn't <laughs> cut it. And I'm embarrassed. Uh, I thought I was the Nigerian in this equation, but clearly you are. Anyway, a question I'm looking forward for to getting from... my uh, vintage Nigeria shirt for Christmas as uh, recompense. <laughs> get, get to the back of the queue. And talking about Nigerian names, Kunle. <laughs> and I know I got that right. Kunle has uh, tweeted us, question for you, David. Given how much the Barcelona discourse has overshadowed other La Liga business, what have been your favourite non-top three transfers so far in the league and which other teams do you expect to do business yeah um my top three deals i'd probably say uh luis enrique to real betis uh for around seven million pounds brazilian attacker looks very exciting live wire should really add something to that i think an already exciting betis team just something a little bit different you know away from the calm of you know in the serene of canales and, and fekia you add something now a little bit of uh like just really, really spicy sign. I think he's one that will get people on their feet at Betis as well. Um, Mohamed Ali Cho to Real Sociedad, eight million, French teenager. A little bit of an English background there with him. Um, again, just look fantastic since emerging not on the scene in Ligue 1. Um, I think he's one that will be really interesting to watch over the next few years. Um, and away from that, so I picked two young players there, but I'm going to go for a, an old vet now in 34-year-old Chosi Luis Morales to Villarreal. Free transfer. Um, might be 34, but he can still do it. El Comandante. He's been fantastic the past few years for Levante. Just keeping their heads above water in that division, providing a spectacular every now and then. Just a, an incredible professional. Um, and I think he'll do really well for Villarreal. He seems like a real uh, Unai Emery type player. You got really excited there, Andy. Calm down, calm down. Uh, oh, Muhammad Ali Cho, come on, talk to me. I, I can't do any better than that. <laughs> yes, it was good, it was good. Um, but question for you both, and, and this is from me now. That notwithstanding, all what David's just said there about La Liga notwithstanding, when you cast your eyes over transfers across Europe that we've been talking about today, who is doing the best in this transfer window, which team? Andy first. What's often important to note is the best transfers are not always the eye-catching ones. So I think Real Madrid have done pretty good business. I think you look at, it, it, it was expensive, but Chuamani is going to, I think, change their future, really, for the next three to five years. Um, 
you know, it's, it, it sets the table for the, the succession of that fantastic midfield three. And I think builds on the, the energy that Real Madrid showed in the, the, the back end of last season. They've done great business as well in, in, in getting some of the contracts off their books. I realise that's to do with chronology rather than just planning as, as, as well. But losing the wages of, of, of Bale and Isco is important. If they manage to get rid of Ceballos and Mariano Diaz, I, I think that's, that's pretty good too. Um, elsewhere what's something I'm keeping an eye on is, is what Marseille do because obviously they had the shock of Sampaoli going um, and now Igor Tudor's come in and got rid of his assistant um, Mauro Camoranesi great Mauro Camoranesi after a week because his original choice be- be- became available <laughs> which um, you know that you need that kind of decisiveness in the transfer market and they've started doing some business as well it looks like they're getting Jonathan Klaus, uh, the, the 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 right wing back from um, uh, Lens, which I, I think is good for them and good for his World Cup hopes. Also getting um, Luis Suarez, not that one, um, from Granada as well, who's just a, a a forward pest, which I think, given the way that they want to play, is 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 pretty good too. So even though um, Marseille have been gently ragged for. Their, their business it looks like they've actually got a plan of, of what they're going to do now and I always had faith that that would be the the case because you know their president Pablo Longoria uh, he's got great background as a sporting director in Spain of course before he ended up doing that job at Marseille and then getting promoted to to, to, to president so I think they're a little bit more on a level than a lot of people expected of them a couple of weeks ago what always makes me laugh about Longoria is actually when he's presenting the signings. Um, he just always reminds me of a kid who would be playing football manager. He still, you just look so youthful and overjoyed <laughs> when he's got a sign, and it's uh, it's quite incredible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, okay, um, probably it's quite obvious ones, but I just really, really like the business that both Dortmund and Bayern have done. I think it really sets up their battle in this new era next year. You know, no Haaland, no Lewandowski. Um, I think it makes it really exciting um, about how they will develop how they will unfold I think um, with a lot of new players between them so I really really like the business that they've both done I can't fault any of it I really really can't um, but if I was to look elsewhere maybe not so obvious I think Leeds have done a really really good job um, with the players that they have signed and also the ones that they are targeting um, that they have been linked with as well some very interesting work I think going on they've, they've brought in a lot of money with the sale of two very key players in Calvin Phillips and um, Rafinha but I'd be very excited for who they've brought in and who they potentially uh, will bring in. Um, while we're on Dortmund, we should probably say um, all the best to one of those new signings, uh, Sebastian Allaire, who's um, been diagnosed with a testicular tumour. So um, all the best to him, and we hope to see him back fighting fit sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. And that's it for this episode of OTC. We'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks, David, and thanks, Andy. And we'll see you then. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Ramble Presents is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.